the Backlog Breakdown. I'm Josh, and I am here to talk to you today. I'm sure you've seen the title, whatever, but I'm here to talk to you about Virtue's Last Reward, which is the second game in the, the Zero Escape series, or the Nonary games that you can pick up on PS4 and, uh, and Vita. I know this game came out on 3DS, on Vita, um, as well as the, the port to PS4. So there's a number of different ways that you can get your, your mitts on this game. Um, it is rated M. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. So uh, there is language in the game. Um, and and there's some you know dark topics that are talked about. There's a little bit of sexual innuendo that that's uncomfortable, uh, but it's not overbearing. They don't. It's it's not sexually explicit, uh, but you know there's just some weirdness, some like pervy moments. I would say kind of the biggest con in the for the game in general to me is uh, a few of the characters, the way that they're dressed, their outfits are pretty pervy, and just not a fan. There's, like, no reason for it. Also, I was kind of, like, waiting, because the way the game works is you kind of learn more about these characters as you go along. I, I was waiting for it to kind of finally make sense, and it never does. Like, they just don't wear very much clothes, and that's annoying. I don't like looking at that for uh, as long as this game is. Anyways, zero, uh, not zero, zero escape. Virtue's last reward. Uh, now that I've talked about the cons, um, let me throw you for a loop here. Uh, you know, on the last bite-sized breakdown that I did, um, I talked about the first nonary game, 999, and I highly recommended that one if you're a fan of the genre. I think Virtue's last reward is even better than 999. Um, I got more out of it, and it's primarily because I feel like they explored the themes of the game even more. It's just as um, crazy and out there, insane and wacky. Um, I say wacky. It's it's not. It, that makes it sound kind of slapstick. It's it's definitely not. It's more dark and uh, has some like science fiction themes in there. Um, but just kind of stuff that like bends your mind a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's here. It's here if you go digging for it. Um, but before I, I get, you know, too far ahead of myself, so if you haven't listened to the previous episode on 999, Virtue's Last Reward is effectively a visual novel. So it's primarily concerned about the story that it's telling, although I would say even over against the story, it's more concerned with the writing of the characters within the story. Now, the, the gameplay, a lot of it is reading, okay? One of the main things you do in this game is read. But then there are puzzle rooms that you have to figure out different puzzles. I'm a big fan of of mental puzzles. I like the Layton, the Professor Layton series a lot. I like those kinds of brain teasers. And so I really enjoyed the puzzle rooms in this game. I don't think they're overly difficult. There were a couple moments throughout the game that I got stumped that I had to take a look online for different things. Uh, in one, I think there were two moments in particular in one. I um, didn't do something that would give me like a hint towards what was supposed to actually happen. And so that was that was kind of on me. I missed something. Um, and then I, I don't quite remember what the other one was. But I generally try and work these things out by myself before I go looking around for answers for anything. Um, I did like this game enough to complete it 100 uh, percent because these games I bought these games as the nonary games on uh, PlayStation Vita. It's my first Platinum on PlayStation. 
uh, because I completed both of these games, which is weird because I didn't know that I liked visual novels. But uh, come to find out, I don't know. That I To me, these are the best of the best, but that's because I haven't played any other ones. This is kind of my dip into the toes of the genre, and I just jumped in both feet. Um, yeah, so I, I really like these games. Let me tell you why. If you listened to the previous episode on 999, um, you know, I, I talked a lot about just the storytelling and the character building in that game. With Virtue's Last Reward, this game is a much bigger game, for better and for worse. Uh, on On the pro side, it explores the themes of the game and the characters more than the previous game did, which, mm, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, on the con side, I mean, okay, I finished this game, like I said, I completed it, and my time played was something like 34 hours. It was ridiculous. Like, that is way too long. <laughs> but um, I had a lot of fun with it. Now, you know, when all is said and done, it probably was only about 30 hours because I fell asleep multiple times with this game in my hands. Uh, so, you know, somewhere around 30 hours to complete the game. You don't have to complete the game, although I think there are some very strong reasons to at least try and get the best ending in the game. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, th- th- so, th- needless to say, this is a long game. Again, it's a lot of reading, and then you have these puzzles that you have to kind of work your way through. You know, a puzzle room could take you two hours because you have to solve like six different puzzles and figure out how they're all interconnected in order to get out of the room so your character doesn't die. Um, But the time that you spend in this game allows the narrative and the characters to continue to to grow and become more three-dimensional. So this game has a lot of content, okay? That could be its biggest drawback, in my opinion. I think it is definitely a strength after playing it and after putting the time in, but it requires a lot out of you, okay? This is not a game that you get to your first ending and then, okay, you're eight hours in and you shut the game off. Like, no, you are going to want to finish this game. You're going to want to get all the endings. If not the true ending, which is just kind of a slight addition, it's not too much more information. Um, it's, It's still worth it, in my opinion. You should get it, uh, you know, from the guy who got the platinum on the game. But uh, you're going to want to spend a lot of time. I mean, I'd say at least this game is going to require 25 hours out of you if you really want to finish it. Unless you go, you know, the route of just completely following a guide, then that would cut down on those puzzle rooms. And then you're primarily just reading the game for the most part, which you can do if you want to. Um, It's better than watching a YouTube synopsis because the plot of this game on paper um, is really going to like blow your brains out. Like you're, it's going to be hard to understand the, the, the game is very complex. The story that it tells is complex and it's so weird. Um, It's good that it comes to you over the course of 25 plus hours. Um, If it were all to, you know, if it were just a dump of plot synopsis in the, the 30 minutes, then you'll, probably have no idea what's going on. So I would highly recommend that you get all the endings in order to finish this game uh, because the story is good. Um, I think the story in this one is better than 999, although it does still leave some, not plot holes like I think the previous game did, but it leaves a lot of things open to interpretation. 
it doesn't close all of the threads that it that it weaves uh, throughout its 25 hours. Um, and a minor spoiler, okay, so skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want a spoiler. It ends in a bit of a cliffhanger, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it can get a little frustrating after all the time that you dump into it, um, but it does wrap up the story that it's trying to tell somewhat. It just also kind of leads into where the story is going. You know, it, it doesn't finish the character's story. It finishes the story of why you were where you were in this game, if that makes sense. So what, what does that have to do? I'm sorry. For anyone who has not played this game, has not heard of it, has not heard about 999. So the basic starting place, which I should have started this entire episode out talking about, um, your main character, his name is Sigma. He wakes up in a room with a girl named Phi. And Phi somehow knows you, but she doesn't know how she knows you. Okay, that's weird. Why am I even here? Well, you were drugged and kidnapped. And, uh, well, long story short, you get out of the room. You do some puzzles. You get out of the room. There are nine people there with you, and you are playing the nonary game. And you all have these uh, bracelets on that you, you each have points. You each have three points, okay? If you get to nine points, then you can leave the facility. You're good to go. If you get down to zero points then the bracelet is going to kill you. It's going to inject you with some serum that's going to cause you to die, okay? So you don't want to get under, you're not, you don't want to get zero points, okay? You either get nine points or you're dead. So that's where the story begins, and then it kind of goes out from there. As I've already mentioned, the story in this game is pretty crazy. I don't want to get into any kind of spoilers or anything. You should experience it. I think it's very good. I think, um, again, this game is more character-focused than overall story, but the overall story is a crazy, again, science fiction-tinged uh, story as well. I would love to have a conversation, if you've played this game, I'd love to talk to you about it and, and get your thoughts. But for this medium, for a bite-sized breakdown, I don't want to go into, the, um, into the, the story nuances of a admittedly niche game. What I wanted to talk to you about on this episode of the Bite Size Breakdown is kind of the core mechanic or one of the core mechanics that this game revolves around, and that is called The Prisoner's Dilemma. Now, like the previous game, 999, this game is still dark, and it, it like I said, it is still just as weird as 999 is, um, but it's not as gruesome as 999. Um, there is that threat of death that's looming over you the entire time, but it's not quite as in your face. Uh, I would definitely not call this game relaxed by any means. Um, it is still very tense, uh, but it's, yeah, it, do it doesn't like shove in your face that, oh no, you're about to die at any moment. Instead, it really focuses on the character interactions and they are all based around this game that you all play that um, is The Prisoner's Dilemma. So basically, you get out of Puzzle Room, and then you're forced... So when you go into a Puzzle Room, excuse me, you go in with two other people. So there are three sets of three people that go into your different Puzzle Rooms. When you all get out of your Puzzle Rooms, then you're forced to play... Um, I can't remember. I think it's the Nonary Games Ambidex Edition, if I remember. Or maybe that's the name of the overall... Yeah, that's the name of the overall game. Sorry, but you're forced to play this game based on the Prisoner's Dilemma, okay? 
And you choose to either ally or betray the people that you were in that puzzle room with. So um, there's always a pair of people and a single person who go into a puzzle room. And whether you're with a pair when you choose to ally or betray uh, the other person or the other people that you're up against, they're either a single or a pair as well. So you can ally or betray. Okay, so what does that even mean? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean anything until you figure out what the other person chooses. So if both people, they're in their separate rooms, if they both decide to choose ally, then they both get, then everyone, all three of the people, get two points. Okay, so it's a win-win if you both choose ally. If you both choose betray, then everyone gets zero points. Okay, so so nothing happens and you kind of have to wait until the next time you get to play the game. But what's interesting is if one team chooses ally and one team chooses betray, then the team that chose ally takes away three points from each of their people. And the, oh, no, 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 excuse me, takes away two points. And the team that chose betray gets three points. Okay, so if you have gotten the other person on the other team to choose ally while you choose betray, you're actually going to make more points than if you both chose ally, but they're going to take points away. And again, this is under threat of death because when you get to zero points, then you're going to die. Also, whoever reaches nine points first can leave, but then the exit door never opens again. And so you're with, you're in this facility with nine different strangers, okay, or apparent strangers, uh, people that you don't know. And so the whole theme of the game is, should you trust these people that you're with? Because again, when you play this game, The Prisoner's Dilemma, you're playing with the people that you just went through the puzzle room, okay? So you think you would want to trust them and their judgment, right? I mean, when I first started playing this game, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just always choose ally. And then like, you know, whoever's with me will choose ally as well. And we'll continue to get points, right? Well, there's a couple flaws with that. One is, you know, if who you're playing against is just a jerk, then they're, they're going to take advantage of you and they're going to continue to get points and they'll get to nine points first and they'll leave. And then you're stuck in this place forever and you die. Okay. That, that sucks. That's a crappy ending. Um, the other thing that could happen is if you're only getting two points every time, well, maybe there's a jerk on someone else's team who continues to betray while he gets the other people to ally with him or her, and uh, he ends up leaving before you. So even though you're getting two points every round, that's still not enough to beat out the people who are the real jerks and the real people who are taking advantage of other people. So it... it it all kind of coalesces into this really interesting character piece of do you trust someone or should you betray them in order to protect yourself as well? So in addition to that, the choices that you make um, cause the other characters to you know react to how you are. Because again, this is a visual novel, so there's a lot of reading that happens. So you get the characters' interactions. If you immediately start betraying people off the bat, like, people start to hate you, and rightfully so. And then, like, you're screwed because then they know you're going to choose Betray and they're going to continue to betray you. And then no one gets any points, right? Then you're not making any progress whatsoever. In addition to this, 
this game also allows you to sort of rewind time or at least kind of time travel a little bit so that you can go back in any of the branching paths that this game gives you and make different choices. So you can actually see how characters will react differently depending on how you act, which is actually a requirement in order to finish this game is you have to constantly be jumping between timelines and even, you know, you can use things that you learn in certain timelines uh, because you acted this way towards this person. Well, now they're going to give you this information. And then in this other timeline, when they act a different way, you can tell them that information and they're surprised that, you know, you know, there's a lot of really interesting things that they do with it. Um, but to me, the prisoner's dilemma was kind of the biggest, the most intriguing thing about this game because they really kind of lay into it and the game mechanics really are built around this concept of should you trust these complete strangers? Me, I mean, I guess I'm just a dope, but like immediately, maybe I just play video games. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to trust everyone. I'm going to be the good guy and it'll things will work out well. Well, they don't, okay? <laughs> People start betraying you and then you find out who the jerks are. Okay, so then you just kind of like, you know, jump into a different timeline. You're like, okay, that person's a jerk. I'm not going to trust them. Um, and, and it forces you to make these different decisions. Well, once again, on top of that, in order to really see all the endings, to get the true endings, and to really figure out what's going on, the game forces you to jump between timelines and make decisions that you don't want to make. Right? I started off this game saying that I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ally with everyone. Well, no, if I really, and I did, you know, obviously I completed the game. In order to complete the game, you have to be a jerk sometimes, or, you know, or maybe I'm like, well, I just want to be a jerk to the people who are a jerk to me. Well, no, sometimes you have to, like the game forces you in order to progress, you have to take advantage of someone else. And that is a really weird, um, kind of, you know, there are some games where you're kind of an avatar. And in this game, it is somewhat that, that feeling but I don't like betraying people for my own good. You know what I mean? It, it just, it makes you feel bad. And then you get their reactions immediately afterwards because this is a visual novel. So um, anyways, I think this is the most intriguing thing about this game. And you really get a sense of these characters and how three-dimensional they are because you get to see them and how they react depending on what you do. Um, this is what I like most about Virtue's Last Reward. And so that's why I wanted to talk about The Prisoner's Dilemma here today instead of kind of running down the entire plot for you and spoiling it all. So in conclusion, I really enjoyed this game. Like 999, I highly recommend it for people who are willing to put in the time. Okay, If you're a fan of the genre, highly recommended. Definitely play this game. Just know when you go in, 25 hours at least. Okay. It's, it is, it, you're in it for the long haul. Don't try and just, you know, zip through everything. Again, unless you want to follow a guide, you can shave that down a bit. Um, I wouldn't recommend that, but I also like puzzles. So maybe that's just me. But if that's what you want to do, okay. What well, I mean, you do you. You do you, bro. Just do it. But, but I do highly recommend the game. Um, like I mentioned at the outset, the only downside to me, um, you know, language isn't that big of a deal to me, uh, but the downside to me is the way that some of the characters are dressed. I don't like it, and you're having to see it for 20 plus hours. So, eh, that's, that's, 
that's not not ideal, okay? The game definitely requires a lot out of you, but I think uh, I do think it's worth it. I would say before I go, I would recommend playing 999 first, okay? One because it's a shorter game and if you like this type of game, that can be a nice little entryway into it. Even though I think Virtue's Last Reward is better, it asks more of you. So you can dip your toes in with 999, and then if you really like it, go for Virtue's Last Reward. Also, these games are connected. You don't know it until towards the end of the game when th things start coming out and you finally kind of realize the connections. Um, there are more connections in these two games than I thought at first. And if you've played 999, it really pays off. So my recommendation, go for 999 first. Um, the craziness of that game carries over into this game. And so some of the concepts that are introduced in that game are also brought up in this game. So, you know, I did play 999 first. And if you don't, then it's going to be even more of a head trip because you're kind of get slammed with these weird concepts back to back to back where... I already understood a little bit of it from the first game. But in addition to that, there are more connections that I don't think would be impactful unless you've played the first game. So that's my recommendation. If you absolutely don't want to, okay, cool. It's still definitely worth a play. Uh, just figure in, factor in that you are going to be playing this for quite a while. Anyways, guys, that's my thoughts, some of my thoughts on Virtue's Last Reward. Like I said, if you've played this game and you want to talk about it, man, this plot is crazy. I really liked it, but it is, it's crazy. It's, 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 it's out there, man. It'll wrap your, it'll tie your brain in knots and then you'll have to roll the dice and do the little mind puzzle or the, the brain teaser puzzles in order to kind of unravel it a little bit. And then you'll have to watch a few YouTube videos to kind of make sense of all of it because you've been playing for 30 hours and you forget some of the stuff that was revealed earlier. Anyways, it's a good game. I recommend it. Go play it. If, if it sounds intriguing, go play it. Just know you're going to be in for quite a while. All right, that's it for now. Uh, thanks for joining me. Love to hear from you on any of our social medias. Uh, but till then... Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.